TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to a special two-hour edition today, two-hour Thursday here on the mic. Two guys, two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful autumnal Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Got a big weekend of football coming up. The baseball playoffs are heating up. A little NHL hockey, NBA hockey. We'll throw a few stuff off the sports page as well. Don't forget, Election Day is coming up and. uh David, I need confirmation, but is this the dreaded weekend? When we turn the clocks back and it gets dark like at 5 o'clock? No, it is not. It is and not. I don't, um, I'll look into it. I think it's two weeks from this Beautiful. weekend. Later than usual. Thank you. No, 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 no they moved no? it later. They All moved right. it later. Because to me, that is the most depressing day of the year. Even more depressing than a Chicago Bear defeat at the hands of, uh, well, fill in the blank. Even more depressing than when a Cub blow a playoff game. To me, consistently, the most depressing day of the year is when we put the clock back an hour and you come home from work like at 5 o'clock, pitch dark out. Pitch dark. It's the time when you don't see your neighbors for the next four or five months. Now, maybe for some people that could be a good thing. I happen to have some uh, nice neighbors. I miss seeing them. I may have to knock on their door on occasion. But you don't see your neighbors. You're stuck inside. I'm talking particularly people here in the uh, in the Midwest and the colder areas out east. You know what I'm talking about. It means the snow is coming. The winter is coming. It's just depressing. It's a whole different feel. I don't mean to start the show off negatively. We've got lots of great sports to talk about, but uh, thank goodness. I, I thought it was this weekend. So I was starting to get into my dark and depressed status already. I will bounce out of it. But uh, I think I can safely say my least favorite day of the year. When the clock turns... When you go back, is it back to daylight? I always get confused. Are we going to daylight savings time? Are we reversing back? Very, very confusing. All I know, uh, the old spring ahead, fall back. I got that down. And all I know is when we do fall back, it gets uh, dark early and the winter depression starts to set. How's that for starting off the show on a light note? 888-463-6748. That's our phone number, folks. Special two-hour edition of the Two Guys in a Mic show. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Uh, Big Dog not on the line right now. We're expecting to hear from him in just a bit. we got a big football weekend coming up. Baseball playoffs yesterday. Very, very exciting. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it, but uh, very, very exciting. San Francisco Giants up 3-1. Up 3-1 to one on the Philadelphia Phillies. How about that? As both favorites, the Phillies and the Yankees, are trailing right now. Now, the Yankees uh, tightened it up a little bit yesterday. Knocked off the Texas Rangers 7-2. to CC Sabathia did his little dance over the coals yesterday. He was not brilliant. Gave up 11 hits. There were runners on base just about every inning, but somehow he uh, was able to walk over the coals in his bare feet and uh, get to the other end unscathed. Yankees win seven to two, game six, back in Texas. Game six back in Texas. Gonna be interesting. And if I were the Texas Rangers and I saw one of the writers today mention this, and I think he brought up a great point. If you're Texas, don't 
weight, don't have in the back of your mind the cushion of Clifford Rodriguez Lee. Bad thought. Bad thought. Don't let the Yankees get that kind of momentum. You don't want to go into Game 7. Cliff Lee's been brilliant. He may be brilliant again. It's a nice cushion to have. I won't deny that. But don't depend on it. And you can very subtly get in that little mindset where, oh, yeah, we're still playing hard, but in the back of your mind, you know you got your your ace, the guy who's been untouchable so far in the postseason, the guy who's won every big game that he's had to pitch in postseason baseball, not just this year. And in previous years, what happens is you lose that little edge. You don't even realize it. But you're not playing like you're on the verge of death, which is what the baseball playoffs are. you got to play with that incredible sense of urgency where if you watch the Texas Rangers play, First round of the playoffs against Tampa Bay. First couple of games against the Yankees. That's the way they played. So don't depend on Game 7. But we'll go back to Texas. We will see how that uh, will figure out. But the Yankees did win yesterday's Game 7-2. to two. They tightened it up on the San Francisco Giants. Win in a thriller 6-5 to five over the Philadelphia Phillies. They got a sack fly from our guy Juan Uribe, the ex-White Sox hero in the World Series. Uh, sack fly in the final inning to win it. Philadelphia had come back with... Uh, a run in the eighth inning to tie it up. Great ball game. Went back and forth, back and forth. Suspenseful. Everything good. Everything we talk about, the greatness of October baseball, the tension of the playoffs in October, championship series baseball was all there for you. Giants and Philadelphia, good stuff. Good stuff and amazing. Bruce Bochy, by the way, David Olson, I complimented uh, Bruce Bochy you know, for having one of the great mustaches. He, he doesn't have the great mustache anymore. Remember, we were doing our scintillating show last week where we were ranking top mustaches in sports. Of course, Joel Keenville, the Blackhawks Stanley Cup winning coach. He's right up there, ex-Chicago Bear coach Dave Wanstead. Chicago is, is very well known for famous mustaches. What could be more famous than the Mike Ditka's weird-looking, strange-looking mustache? But See, you, wait, wait, you, you take issue with uh, Mike Ditka's mustache, well, I, yet you give Dave Wanstead a pass? No, I didn't say a pass. But you stopped and commented on <laughs> Ditka's unusual mustache yes. and just let Wanstead slide right on by. Well, Wanstead's got a little gusto with that mustache. He wears it with pride. That thing is, uh, it's Chicago. It's Midwestern. Dave Wanstead wasn't, it's but like his he's got a wrinkled was. shirt on his upper lip. I look at it as if you're going to have a mustache again. I'm going to use the word gusto. Do it with gusto. The Dave Wanstead mustache, that was right there for you. The Mike Ditka mustache, way too reserved. Cut back, not horizontal enough, not bushy enough, a little bit too tight clip for me. Again, you're going to go mustache, let's go all the way. But Bruce Bochy, the manager of the San Francisco Giants, he uh, I don't even think he has the mustache anymore, certainly. Not the painted on black bushy mustache that he was so famous for. Very disappointed to see that, but uh, I'm sure he's gotten over the disappointment of me being disappointed with his mustache, and he's quite happy with his ball club being up on the Philadelphia Phillies 3-1. to one. They're playing outstanding baseball. Madison Bumgarner, the starting pitcher yesterday, pretty good through, not pretty good, real good through four innings, then he fell apart in the fifth inning, but the Giants' bullpen hung on, and again, it was great, suspenseful October baseball. Juan Uribe getting the sack fly. Uh, Aubrey Huff. Bringing in the winning run, and Buster Posey, the phenomenal rookie. Buster Posey got the big hit in the ninth inning. Boy, has he come of age, or not come of age, has he come onto the seat? Buster Posey, I guess he was a first-round pick. I had not heard of him before this year. 
But he's going to be your Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year in the National League anyways. That's kind of redundant, Major League Baseball. you got one for the National League, one for the American League. And there's a lot of great contenders in the National League, but Buster Posey, he's your guy. I don't even know if he was on the Major League roster at the start of the year. Not sure. But he is now. Fixture for the Giants. Ant catcher, he gets four hits. Four hits yesterday, including... You got Aubrey Huff on first base, pressure situation, ninth inning, and they bring in Roy Oswald, the Houston Astro pitcher, out of the ninth, out of the bullpen. Roy Oswald had just pitched Sunday, thrown 111 pitches. I'll throw that out to the fans out there. Good move or bad move? Desperation time for Charlie Emanuel, the fine Philadelphia Philly manager. Roy Oswald, again, starting pitcher in game two on Sunday. He threw 111 pitches, pressure time. In the ninth inning, and Charlie Manuel calls on his multi-million dollar clutch pitcher, Roy Oswald. Buster Posey fought him off, fought him off, fought him out. Base hit to right field. Aubrey up round second. Heads over to third base. You got runners on first and third. Nicely done. Buster Posey against the future Hall of Famer, Roy Oswald. Yeah, good move or not from Charlie Manuel. Was that desperation? Should he have gone with one of his bullpen guys? Interesting call. Interesting call. 888-463-6748. You want to make an interesting call, you can do it. Right here in the Two Guys in a Mic Show. 888-463-6748. Even if it's not that interesting, don't worry about it. Give us a call. We'll ramp a little bit. We're user-friendly sports talk radio. Remember what we said yesterday? One of our models here on the show, don't be afraid. Don't be nervous about calling because, quite frankly, not that many people are listening. No reason to be nervous. Sad but true. Our ratings come out lately. I haven't seen any quarterly ratings, David. Or maybe you guys are just hiding it from me so I don't get depressed. I'm already getting depressed with winter coming and the time change. You throw our ratings in with the darkness of winter, and I, I might be looking for a bridge somewhere. Suffering from seasonal defective disorder? Uh, who? Is that what it's seasonal? Defective? I like that. It's. It, I'm not sure what it is, but that, that sounds. Yeah, I think it's seasonal defective disorder. STD. Yeah, I, okay. it's or something similar to that. You go into a deep depression during the winter. If they, the, well, I don't know. For, for me, it's not deep. For me, it's elongated. It's kind of a it's, it's like a four month malaise. I never get in deep depression. I don't get that bad. And I will say this: my favorite sport of them all is basketball. College, then high school, then pro in that order. But I, I will honestly say this: having grown up in Chicago all my life, if it was not for the fine sport of basketball, then I would really suffer from STD. It's actually seasonal affective disorder. I like STD. I know. I like well, seasonal listen, dysfunction. Well, you know it's even better because it's sad. S-A-D. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'd have a worse case of sad if it wasn't for basketball. So I do thank the fine sport of hoops, which keeps me going. Through the dark, long winter months. Thank you very much, basketball. College hoops will be starting in a couple of weeks. NBA basketball next week. I'm not a huge NBA fan, but I'm a huge Chicago Bull fan. I will watch Chicago Bulls basketball. I will not, in November, December, Jan, and Feb, tune in to watch the Los Angeles Lakers take on the uh, Utah Jazz. Doesn't do it for me. I will not, on a January 15th, watch the Miami Heat take on LeBron James' old team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Doesn't do it for me. NBA playoffs, game one, game two, game three, game four, still doesn't do it. I'm still suffering from sad. But you get into a game five, game six, game seven, all of a sudden I start to get revitalized. But high school and college basketball, that's what keeps me going. That's uh, 
coming up. But um, how did we get onto that weird subject? At any rate, it was an interesting decision. Oh, yeah, the ratings. I was mentioning our ratings. Combined with the onset of the clocks turning back and the winter coming out is putting me into a severe dysfunctional direction. I still like I still like STD a little bit better. But, um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Roy Oswald coming in it was an interesting decision. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I would tend to go on the side that it was a good move. I think desper- a little bit of desperation is okay in the baseball playoffs. I think you don't go by your conventional rules. I know the counter-argument to that would be, you know, you got to stick with this. Philadelphia Phillies, one of the best records in baseball. you got to stick with what got you there. Don't turn over the apple cart. Don't mess with the uh, momentum we've got. Guys know their assigned roles. Don't get them out of their assigned role. There is that argument. But I still think come playoff time with your pitching staff, especially when you are on the Ed Brinkman of elimination, that it's not a bad move. It's not a bad move. You 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 break away from conventionality. You bring a guy in. Obviously, you don't want to hurt his arm. And I'm assuming Charlie Emanuel, the fine manager, knows a little bit about the arm of Roy Oswalt, and they check with their trainers and stuff and figured he was okay to come in and throw 10, 15, 20 pitches. Bottom line is, though, it didn't work. did not work. Buster Posey got the base hit. Aubrey Huff goes to third one. Uribe hits the sack fly. Giants win 3-1. to one. They are one game away from going to the World Series. San Francisco, what's the last? i got to check the record book. Giants in the World Series. Are we going back to Willie Mays? I'm trying to remember since then. No, didn't they go in the didn't they go in the late eighties or early nineties? I think you're right. I think you're right. I want to say they snuck in there one time. I'm trying to remember. It certainly wasn't when Dusty Baker was the manager. I don't know. Last time the Giants It was before that. Weren't they involved with the when the Oakland A's during the earthquake? Wasn't it the it wasn't the A's versus Was it the A's and the Giants? I'm I trying to remember who would have been on that team. With the same, but I, I, somehow I think you're right that they were in at one time. Any of our callers that can help us out, we'll check it out on the internet as well. 888-463-6740. Wouldn't that be something if the Texas Ranger took on the San Francisco Giant in the World Series? How cool would that be? I know the TV people wouldn't be thrilled with it. You lose a lot of the sexiness. Yes, David. No, I guess oh, we're checking. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the last, uh, last time they won it was in, 1954. Okay, no, because uh, NL Pennant, so 2002. 2002? Was the last time. The Giants were. 1989. Because, yeah, they won the NL Pennant. Wait, they were in the series in 2002? Yeah. I need some names from that team. Why am I not remembering that team? Why am I not remembering the Giants of 2002? Shocking. Shocking, but it's not that shocking because my is pretty well shot these days, but I don't recall that 2000 TT. But uh, despite that, it's so amazing that we could have the Texas Rangers, San Francisco Giants in the World Series. Yeah, yeah they went. Uh, they defeated the Braves. They, they came in as a wild card. They went and defeated the Braves and the uh, Cardinals. Uh-huh. Uh, this is 2002. It was uh, yeah. It was uh, Dusty Baker was the manager. Wow, Dusty. Uh, Do we have any rosters on that team? I can look it up. Who the heck was on that ball club? Why am I finding total brain cramp on that team? Not Barry. Was Barry Bonds? Oh, yeah. Team? Barry Bonds was on that okay. team. Barry Bonds, who would have the catcher, first base? I'm thinking of positions. There's got to be some stars out there 
The ex-Cub pitcher, Mike, and I'm forgetting his last name. He was part of that, too. Anyhow, drawing a complete mind blank on that, but it still will be cool to watch the Giants take it on Texas. Not done yet, though. Not done yet. The Yankees win 7-2 to yesterday. They're on the comeback, and it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. So we're not quite there yet with what you want to call the all-underdog World Series. We do know one thing, the Texas Rangers. I can definitely tell you that. They've never been in the World Series. In fact, the series they just won was the first ever in franchise history, correct? Correct, but Big Dog's chomping at the bit because he can name the roster of the Giants. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome him in, my good co-host here at a special two-hour edition of the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Big Dog and the coach at your service. Big Dog, how are you? I'm doing well, Coach. Uh. I've been... I've been getting a busy signal for 15 minutes. Ah, it's all of a sudden I'm I'm all frustrated, you know, and I'm trying to listen to the show. So I, I was just a little fired up. Sorry, David Olson. So if anybody's been trying to call our show, they've been been able to get through. Well, I, I don't know what was going on. It just kept okay. on. I kept, it kept on being busy, you know, for well, the last 15 minutes. So one thing I. I can rest assured the other 12 lines were not all lit. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, the two I was yeah. calling were, <laughs> were definitely busy. Yeah. Last time we talked, Big Dog, when we signed off the show yesterday, I believe your last comment, I got you a little worked up, and I believe you threatened to break one of my bones. I think it was an ankle bone. No, no, no. no? You were the one saying you were willing to blindside me. Yes. Because you're soft, because <laughs> you were upset that Warren Sapp continued to play football we're, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2000. We're gonna, and I was making fun of you because Chad Clifton decided to loaf it, and he got destroyed. That, and all of a sudden, it's Warren Sapp's fault that he plays football, and Chad Clifton is a loafer. We're going to continue that discussion. Not so much Chad Clifton, and, and we're not going to go back to that one, but we are going to continue our discussion today because we differentiate this one on the hits and suspensions and the violence in NFL football today. So well, that this, one's, week, this week they're going to play two-hand touch in the NFL. NFL, Take so it easy. Gets hurt. Take it easy. That one's coming up in just a little bit. We invite our listeners to check in. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Good news and bad news on the phone lines, Big Doug. The good news is Randy Myers, assistant producer, is coming to check out the technical problem. You want to know what the bad news is? Uh, Randy Myers is coming to check out the technical problem. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, I am uh, perturbed that I cannot recall the San Francisco Giant team of 2002 that was in the World Series. I apologize for my oversight. Help me out. Who was on that ball club? Well, well you got to remember the shortstop. That was that was one Rich Aurelia. Remember? I do. Yeah, he was he was actually pretty good. Now they had a, they had a decent starting staff. Except in the playoffs, they would be awesome for the first five innings and then just absolutely uh, throw me throw, uh, get, throw me some names. I just can't remember the team. Russ Ortiz. Okay. Uh, there was uh, one of the catching Molinas was on that particular team. I, I'm pretty sure that was a Benji. One of the flying Molina brothers. Yeah, no, no, but I'm sorry, Benji was on the the, the Anaheim Angels. Wasn't that was the that was a there was a dual uh, Molina catching World Series, wasn't it? Was there Javier, and then there's, uh, there's Yadier, there's Yadier. Jose, there's uh-huh. a Benji. Okay. Right. Um, there's also a sister, uh, Susan Molina. Uh, do, do you, yeah. Okay, now another guy that was uh, the son of a, a former uh, Los Angeles Rams wide receiver playing first base. Los Angeles Rams wide receiver. No. J.T. Snow. Ah, good call. Jack Snow, the great wide receiver for the Rams. Uh, yeah, I never saw him play, but you yeah, always bring he, that up. Hey, he was the son of Jack Snow. Yeah. So. He was the ultimate possession receiver, Notre Dame and the uh, the L.A. Rams. But um, J.T. Snow had a big – he was one of the heroes of that particular playoff run, was it not? Oh, yeah. he That was the great – because he was one of those guys that was all gloves, 
uh, no hit, mm-hmm. and he was and he had an awesome playoff run that particular year. Barry Bonds had, as I swear to you, every time somebody threw him a strike that playoff series, yep. or that whole playoffs, he hit a home run. It's coming it, back it was, now. It was, it was it was absolutely phenomenal. Yep, it's all uh, coming back now. As a matter of fact, I think like in the World Series in the in the game clutching game for the the series clutching game for the Angels, mm-hmm. uh, they were up two in the in the ninth inning. And they were like, all right, we can't walk Bonds. Let's see if we can get, uh, get him out. And on mm-hmm. the first pitch, they threw him a fastball. He hit it about 900 feet. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that like, theory. His last at-bat, that's what I remember. And he just, like, shrugged his shoulders and, and walked around the bases. And those are mighty big shoulders, by the way. Wow. 2002. All right, I stand corrected. Those names are – it's still not coming back in full picture, but mm-hmm. I am – Remember in that particular ball club. Hey, um, Big Dog, I am told that we need to take a break. we got some technical difficulties we're going to check out. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be able to hear you loud and clear, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Hang loose. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. At the talkzone.com. We had to interrupt the baseball playoff thoughts of a big dog, Joel Radwanski. We hate to do that, but we were taking care of some technical difficulties. Hopefully, uh, we'll be a little bit better. But, big dog, you were right in the midst of talking about your uh, San Francisco Giants, who are one game away from appearing in the World Series and back in 2002. They were there and uh, almost put the Angels away, right? Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, they were. Uh... They were one like one inning away from actually uh, going and winning the particular World Series that year, mm-hmm. and then they just had they imploded. Remember the rally monkey came out. Yep. And uh, next thing you know, it, <laughs> remember the rally monkey that year it was like whenever they would flash on the scoreboard for some reason the Angels would go like on a 
on a huge run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what ended up happening to them that that year. I do uh, remember that particular ball club. Now, hard to believe, but uh, the Giants, uh, based on yesterday's game, dog, we were talking about at the start of the show, great game yesterday, a classic case of uh, the beauty of October baseball, but the Giants pulled that puppy out 6-5. to five. What was your thought on uh, Charlie Emanuel bringing out Roy Oswalt to pitch in the ninth inning? You know, I thought it was the right move for him. I, I know looking back behind, you know, you look, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, you know, but that was their best option at the time. And it's not like he was getting lit up. I mean, I guess, well, the one, the Buster Posey line drive single was, you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was pretty good. But, uh, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you just got to shrug your shoulders. I thought that was the, the best option for him at the time, you know, and like sometimes stuff happens. I don't, not, he was their best option. What are they going to yeah. do? They still needed Brad Lidge to get through the next inning. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It wasn't like that would have been the last inning they needed somebody to pitch. Yep. They would have still needed to hold them, score a run, and then have Brad Lidge come in and get the however many outs that they would have needed at that point. So, you know, the, the way I look at it is it, it was the right move. I know it, it didn't work out, but I would have done the same thing, especially if Oswald was healthy. He was you know, you, you can give, you can get a, an inning out of a starter in between two starts. As Yankee manager Joe Girardi so uh, deftly said, sometimes you can make the right move and have it come out with the wrong result. Yeah, look at the the, the Molina home run. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. It only went about 320 feet. It's not like he mm-hmm. absolutely killed the ball. So first time a guy way, ever I remember something. First. Benito Santiago was the catcher. Of ah, that Benito Santiago, the guy who used to catch Manny Sanguian style from uh, a squat, not a squat position, but basically from the ground, the ex-San Diego Padre. I forgot about that dude. He was yeah. about, what, 39 years old when they went to the World Series for Frisco. Yeah, easily, easily, easily. Love that guy. Yeah. Actually, he was, like the names are coming back to me, Coach. He was listed at 37. I think he was actually like 52. Do you remember Jeff Kent? His nickname in Spanish was Grandpapa. Uh, Jeff Kent, absolutely hard-hitting second baseman. For, he was on the Giant team. Yeah, and also my the reason why I remember it is because my buddy David Bell was mm-hmm. on that particular team. Okay. And uh, David Bell was uh, the third baseman. And I went out with David Bell once, and my buddy Scott Vaskelvin mm-hmm. was hitting on this one girl. And it was funny because this dude was picking up all the girls and the baseball players weren't. They weren't doing anything. <laughs> and they were like, they're like, Scott, how do you do it? He's like, oh, I'm just seeing the ball well. <laughs> and all the players started cracking up. This is when he was with the Indians. So, like, yeah. right when I, I thought of David Bell, I was like, uh-huh. oh, then all of a sudden the team started coming back to me. So <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. That's a good well, line. I think Kenny Lofton was on that team, too, Coach. Like, they traded for him in the middle of the season. Because uh-huh. he was on, though, though he played yeah. in the World Series with the Giants. That is, that is correct. That is correct. It's all coming back. Now, who were the starter pitchers you mentioned? Russ Ortiz was Mike Bilecki on that team? No, that was that was way too. Okay. Yeah, he he was would have been out of baseball by then. Okay. I cool. know Levon Hernandez and Russ Ortiz were definitely starting pitchers on that team. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. You know, well, I think Jason Smith because he had a pretty decent career. He was probably yeah, he was on that team. Rob Ben okay. was their closer. There you go. Um, there you go. Welcome to 2002 reminiscing of San Francisco baseball. Here always. A- I'm going to throw out a name for you. Uh oh. Didn't wasn't that the year the only year Sean Dunstan made the World Series? You are correct, starter, sir. But, yeah, oh heck yeah! One of my favorite players of all time, Shawan Dunstan, was on the was a backup on that 2002 Giant team. Now I'm going to throw you a name out there, and you're going to have to guess: Caucasian or African American? Marvin Bernard. <laughs> 
Other than, uh, other than that, I'm really not. I'm, I'm the, forgetting everybody else. I've oh, never no, heard of Marvin Bernard. Bernard. The obvious is African American, so I'm going to go anti-obvious and say he was uh, as white as the day is light. No, he was actually African American. And, and Reggie Sanders, I think, was on that team. And if you just name any team that went to the World Series between like '96 mm-hmm. and '94, Reggie yep. Sanders would have been on the team. Step <laughs> off. Permanent backup for any World Series team, huh? No, no, he started. He was right fielder. He was right fielder. So he was. Oh yeah, he was Reggie yeah. Sanders. Was a good ball player. Coach. I don't remember him. I don't remember. I remember Reggie Smith. Remember Reggie long Jackson. Long time ago. Remember that a lot a long, of famous, a lot of famous ago. Reggies. I do not recall a Reggie Sanders. Reggie Sanders had a long and prolific stint with the Reds, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, really? absolutely. That's what he came up with, Coach. He was supposed to be the next Eric Davis, and luckily for the Reds, he wasn't he, mm-hmm. because he was a good ball player, not a great ball player, and then find him in the gutter the next day drunk and high. So, it was, you know, it was actually very good for the Reds that he wasn't yeah. the next Eric Davis. I feel like we're uh, doing this program in honor of all the senior assisted living facilities out there as we reminisce on baseball days gone by. 888-463-6748. By the way, I've told you this before. Our rating surprisingly high, Big Dog. Surprisingly high with the uh, 65 and over generation. So don't kid yourself. Senior housing, we're uh, probably a top five Top five choice on the radio dial. Well, well, the thing is, they do have internet in those uh, assisted living homes. Absolutely, and, uh, the people who are actually taking care of those people, mm-hmm. and they know how to like make those people docile. So they just put our airwaves out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so they found you know, if, nice um, if any seniors are a little blocked up, a uh, combination of a little uh, special vegetable juice that they have, and listening to two guys in a mic and. Uh, all things will be running smoothly in the near future. It seems to work. I don't know if it's that's addicting. A, yeah, I don't know it's if that's flat a, out addicting, coach. I'm not sure that's a compliment for us or an insult, but it's nice to know that we've got some medical usefulness picked up. <laughs> all right, get back to the game yesterday, six to five. Uh, Buster Posey absolutely phenomenal. He gets four hits, including the clutch hit. Aubrey Huff scores the winning run. Could Philadelphia bounce back from that one, or was that the crusher? Because that was an emotional, tight, tight, tension back ball game. Okay. It, it, now, here I, here's where I get long-winded. Typically, you know, Coach, yeah, that's the crusher, and it's going to be almost impossible for them to bounce back. But then you got to say, hey, they got Roy Halladay going, and then they have Roy Oswald, who let's not act like Roy Oswald is a bad pitcher <laughs> because he had a rough inning. Okay. And then they got Cole Hamill. So you say, oh, heck yeah. With three starting pitches like that, they can definitely do it. Oh, but by the way, yeah. San Francisco will be sending Tim Lincecum and then mm-hmm. Jonathan Sanchez and then Matt Cain, just mm-hmm. in case they need Sanchez or Matt Cain after that. So, you know, uh, I would have to say the Phillies have a slight edge in terms of starting pitching when it comes there, and they have a slight edge for the fact that game six and seven will be in Philadelphia. But you know what? I know the Phillies technically on paper have a better offense, but – uh, you know, it, it's been said if you watch any of like the post-game shows or pre-game shows, you know, the Giants are just doing whatever it takes on offense. You know, they're hitting behind runners. They're getting the bat on the ball. They're not trying to win the game with every swing. And the Phillies are doing the exact opposite. They're, they're trying to hit the five-run home run. Somebody, I, I think it was, I don't know who said it, it was maybe Nomar Garcia-Para. But he's right. It seems like the Phillies are trying to hit a home run on every single swing. You know, just relax. Mm-hmm. Hit the ball. That's how you hit home runs, by the way. So, you know that's the that's the the difference right now is the fact that the Giants are playing loosey goosey, and the and the Phillies are legitimately trying to win their second World Series in three years. They're trying to win three consecutive pennants in a row. They're trying to prove they're one of the greatest teams of all time. No, no, you don't have to do that. You have to go out there and just win the ball game that's at hand that particular night. That's solid advice. 
Solid advice from baseball historian and sports talk host Joel Radwanski, also known as the Big Dog. He joins us on the Two Guys in a Mic show. You can, too. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. You can always email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C in the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Big Dog, talk about the pitching matchup today. It's a repeat performance, but it bears worth uh, mentioning because two of the best pitchers that have ever met up in a playoff or a World Series. It's Lincecum versus Halliday, the second coming. How do you see this one playing out tonight? Um, well, I, just because I'm a, a diehard baseball fan, I'm going to be rooting for the Philadelphia Phillies mm-hmm. in this particular game. Who's going to win? Uh, that's just going to be awful tough right now. The the way the Giants are playing is good. And having their, their absolute ace on the mound, you know, you gotta you got to lean towards uh, – the Giants here because you know it's funny like in a basketball series when a team is on the brink or in hockey you know that extra effort will actually help a team in baseball it doesn't trying harder in baseball does not work you know it's playing angry mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson is the only player in the history of baseball who played baseball better when he was angry you know other than that it's like you need to relax take a deep breath and then just try to do the best you can which, you know so which I think makes baseball is such a difficult game we said the same thing about golf yes yeah golf the same way you don't want to play golf angry right it's weird because it's it's a big game it's tension packed you get your adrenaline kicking in that's natural as an athlete as a competitor football basketball soccer hockey etc etc you can let that adrenaline play out into aggressiveness hopefully clean aggressiveness out on the field but a sport like baseball especially hitting in golf it's very tough because you have to control the adrenaline kick, I think that makes it uh, maybe mentally more demanding than some of those other physical sports, Big Dog. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't speak for golf because I've never purposely hit yeah. a good golf shot. I can, any, I think I can, I can safely. I did. Yeah. And it, it was like, the best golf shot I've ever hit, people, I was hitting at the wrong hole. <laughs> and it, I was swinging at one hole. Next thing yeah. I know, I, I sliced it. It rolls up onto the green. And my buddies are like, oh, my God, that was the best shot by any of us all day. And I'm like, what, yeah. you guys making fun of me? Quit making fun of me. I'm horrible at this. It was a beautiful then shot. Then I realized I had swung at the wrong hole originally. Yeah. It was a beautiful shot, though. The swing was perfect. Everything was beautiful. Well, I have a beautiful swing. Yeah. The only problem is I never hit the ball. Yeah. You know, so. I think I can... Very comfortably speak for most bad golfers out there. I think I could comfortably do that. I went to a coaching seminar recently, Big Dog, and they were talking about uh, how golfers will use mental vision, mental imagery. Uh-huh. And you can use that in all of sports. You've heard that before. Oh, yeah. And I made the comment to the instructor, uh, half as a joke and half serious, that I'm such a bad golfer, even in my mental imagery when I'm picturing my shot, it still takes a freaking slice and lands in the water. Well, uh, it, it, <laughs> that's, that's pretty. You know, sad. you've got a very beautiful wife, and yet somehow you always have these these mental imageries. You, you wake yeah. up and you're you're laying next yeah. to you know Kurt Manwaring. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> that hasn't happened yet, but I'm looking forward to it. No, no, no. That you Kurt, don't want to. Kurt Manwaring. Oh, that's outstanding. Eight years together on the radio, Big Dog, and that's our first Kurt Manwaring reference. And quite frankly, I hope it's not our last. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gold Glove winning catcher for the Giants, just not on the O2 team. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. But you were talking about the uh, the matchup with Halliday and um, Lincecum. It should be a good one. You th- you're not necessarily th- think Philadelphia is going to win, but you're going to root for them. And pretty much yeah. from a selfish standpoint, you just want to see more good playoff baseball between I, those two teams. 
I want to see two Game 7. Game 7s in any sport, everyone's like, oh, in hockey it's the best. Yeah, it might be the best in hockey. They're great in basketball, mm-hmm. and they're phenomenal in baseball, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'll be rooting for, because okay. I really have no rooting interest of any of the four teams left. You know, I'm not a Yankee hater. I'm not a Philly hater. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like the Rangers or the Giants, you know, so there I am, just rooting for watching some good baseball. Yeah, we the problem it. is that if it's Saturday, I'm not going to be watching it anyways, because, no. you know, Game 7... You know, if it's Kentucky versus Georgia on in a college football game, I'm probably going to be watching that anyways. Oof. Over a game seven, huh? <laughs> I'm just joking. That, I'm just joking. Be, I, I don't think I'm you just, are joking, actually. I know you're a college football love on a Saturday. That comes first and foremost. I will be, I will be watching the baseball game changing to the football game during commercials and uh, pitch and breaks. Mm-hmm. Well, we may have another game seven this weekend. That is uh, potentially... Uh, well, it's actually very, very viable. The Yankees win yesterday, as you're well aware, seven to two. CC Sabathia somehow fighting his way through six innings, and then uh, Kerry Wood, by the way, got to mention him. The ex-Chicago Cub, a lot of people thought his career was over. The Cleveland Indians did not work out so well. He has revitalized his career in the Big Apple, and he pitched two solid innings yesterday. Mariano Rivera did what he always did, but the Yankees win at seven to two. How about Kerry Wood, though, big? Do you got to feel good for a? Even though he's an ex-Cub now, he was uh, one of the more well-liked Cubs of all time. You, you know what? The, the, there's a, the difference between Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor, because those were our two saviors, yep. was that Kerry Wood at least had testicular fortitude. Yep. So if you're a Cub fan, you shouldn't, like, I, I understand the angst with Pryor, but i got to say something. Mark, Kerry Wood would sign autographs all day long. Kerry mm-hmm. Wood would pitch when his arm was absolutely killing him, and that was part of the reason why his career was so short. And whenever he is healthy... He is nasty, and the Indians should have waited a little. Obviously, was no, they should have traded him this year because there's no reason for him to pitch for them in September. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, I, I thought it was pretty funny is the other day, you know, because he he's totally shaved, you know. So I kind of like saw him from far away, and I didn't know it was Kerry Wood on the mound. I had just changed to the game, and I didn't realize he was wearing 39 either. Okay, so I'm like, who the heck is pitching for the Yankees? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. The next pitch he throws is a curveball, and I immediately was like. It's Kerry Wood because I saw that thing snap off. Mm-hmm. That's that nasty curveball that he has, and that's all it took. Coach was just—I didn't even see him wind up. I just saw the ball snap off. I'm like, "Oh, it's Kerry Wood!" And it was it's the old so, Kerry uh, Wood. Old. He's pitching like that. Not just uh, yesterday where he threw two key innings, gave up I think one harmless hit, had three strikeouts and in two innings. But he's been doing it throughout the playoffs. Big Doug is—I think uh, last five games regular season through the playoffs, he's got an ERA of something like one. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been spectacular in the playoffs mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the guy. He's always been clutch. And it, anybody who would complain that he never lived up to anything with the Chicago Cubs, mm-hmm. just remember the kid pitched two complete games on consecutive days and blew his elbow out when he was 18. Okay, so or 17 when he was pitching in high school. I like your and, description of him. Testicular fortitude. Interesting. Very well, interesting. It, I know you. Um, kid, he was always tough, coach. He was. Yeah. He's. He's a tough sob, and mm-hmm. I, I, maybe he was dumb for pitching all those times. Like when he was younger, if he could have, would have been like, "Hey, listen, my arm is killing me. I don't think I should pitch anymore." He might still be around with the Cubs. He might still yeah. be a starting pitcher. Yeah, that goes back but, to his uh, high school coach who threw him what yeah. both games of a doubleheader or a big big matchup. So no, it, it wasn't both days of a doubleheader. He threw him on consecutive days, and the kid threw two consecutive complete games on consecutive days mm-hmm. when he was in high school yep. and tore his elbow up. Yep. And ever since then, the rest of his body has fallen apart because mm-hmm. when you're a pitcher and you tear your elbow up, yeah. eventually everything else starts compensating. Not his whole body. 
Not his whole body. He still, as you mentioned, still has strong testicular fortitude. <laughs> By the way, in uh, your Colrock Football League, you mentioned there was a team called Inappropriate Touching. Is it possible there was another team called Testicular Fortitude? And if so, if Testicular Fortitude ever plays Inappropriate Touching, I wouldn't mind going out there to watch that game. Inappropriate Touching, by the way, just played touchy-feely. The other really? Yeah. And you were referee in that game? Yeah. Touchy feely against inappropriate touchy. I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet touchy feely, which probably was given up seven points. I'm gonna bet they won by like two touchdowns. I, I am not kidding you, coach. I don't know which one was who. <laughs> I'm assuming it was uh inappropriate touching yeah. did it to touchy feely. But some guy was going for an interception and some girl <laughs> accidentally, trust me on purpose, yeah. I saw the whole thing, just absolutely threw an elbow right into let me tell you, the testicular fortitude region of this, of wow. a, like a six foot six dude. And down. Dude toppled down, and I'm not kidding you, the girl walked away like nothing happened. I threw the penalty. She started screaming at me. I had it like, I had to cover up, make sure she didn't do the same thing to me. I, she, mean, I mean, it was absolutely thoroughly on purpose. This girl just, just drilled elbowed this guy right in his. You're telling me a female player from the touchy feely team went yeah. up and, and, to deflect the ball, inintentionally or no, unintentionally, no, 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 threw no, 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 an elbow like, at the testicular fortitude of the inappropriate touching wide receiver? Yes. That's it was like a play over the middle. It was a bunch of traffic. <laughs> Things were going on. And and she was like, oh, it was an accident. And I'm like, because I, I was like looking at the ball, which was up around the guy's uh-huh. eyes, who was bobbling it. Yep. And next thing I know, I just see the guy topple to the ground. Mm-hmm. And she had like a smirk on her face. So I didn't do it on purpose. The, the guy was like rolling there for like three minutes. We had a, we had a, I actually just I just dragged him off the field. I was like, "Come on, dude, how bad can it be?" You know. And I was like, I was like, the girl was she was actually rather attractive. Uh-huh. You know, and, and I had flirted with her a little bit before the game. I quit then. Mm-mm. And she just be dragged off. The field. She just walks away, and you, the referee, just drag the guy off the field. You'll be all right, man. Come on, man up, man. Shake man it up. off. What do you mean, shake it off? <laughs> no, that'd be the worst thing for him to do at that point. You don't want to shake off that injury. If oh, you no, no, no. You just, yeah, you want yeah. to, yeah. The, yeah. He, he hey. didn't mind me dragging him oh. at all, to be quite honest. Blue 42. All right, so we might have a quandary coming up because uh, Sunday, football Sunday could be, correct me if I'm wrong now, could that be game seven? Could be. Yankee, Ranger, Cliff Lee on the mound, and that could be game six, Philadelphia and Frisco, all with the NFL football. You got you got issues on Sunday, Big Dumb. Yeah, it's. Oh, well, let me think. No, uh, yeah, that that would be the day, huh? Because it's because uh, the Rangers and Yankees were no, off wait that a minute, night, wait a minute. right? Today's no, no, it wouldn't be that way. Yeah, it would. It would be Sunday. Could only be the game seven of 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 Philadelphia, Philadelphia and the Giants. Yeah, yeah. All right, exactly. So worse though, even worse, even worse, because now your beloved Saturday is going to be conflicted. You could have college football. Directly conflict versus yeah, Cliff. Okay, they'll be game oh. six and game seven. Wow. On on uh, yeah. And, oh my, yeah. Please. Yeah. By the way, by the way, you gave a quick reference. I got to throw a shout out. We're going to get to some college football special two hours spectacular of the Mike Two Guys Show here, um, or Two Guys in a Mike Show here on the TalkZone dot com. But my my personal highlight of last weekend, I didn't watch the whole game, but I did watch the end. Big Blue, Kentucky. Knocking off Steve Spurrier in South Carolina one game one week after they knocked off the number one team in the country and the look on Steve Spurrier's face and the joy and jubilation of the Kentucky fans, Big Dog. That was the highlight of my last Saturday. Um, you know, Coach, that is uh, that's normally how I, I pick games. That's why I'm going against the Wisconsin Badgers this week. You knock look over the history. 
how many schools that have knocked off the number one team in the country and then the following week they lose? And then the number one team is the former number one team is Scratcher has said, we lost to this freaking team. And then the, the team that had beat the number one team and just lost another weekend were like, man, if we only could have quit partying on like Tuesday instead of Thursday, we probably could have beat another team after this. That's just, it's weird, you know. You know, in the NFL, it doesn't happen so much, mm-hmm. but there's this roller coaster ride of these guys in, in college that, you know, they fly high one week and then they're high the whole entire week of practice, if you know what I'm talking about. And yeah. then next thing you know, they don't, they lay an egg the week after. So that it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that South Carolina goes out, plays possibly the best football game that any team has played this season in beating Alabama. And then goes into Kentucky, and the Kentucky's a good team, one of the top 50 teams in the in the country. But South Carolina is a legitimate top 15 team. Yet they go there, and let's face it, Kentucky Kentucky handled them, coach. Kentucky handled them all game long. I mean, it wasn't a blowout, but it was. I, I watched the game. They they definitely deserved to win the game. It was no fluke victory. The so. lesson is for the teams out there: take the approach. And I believe Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa coach, is the one who started it. Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern has adopted it. Nothing wrong with copying good ideas, by the way. If you see somebody, the coaching profession, the best coaches take no shame at all in copying somebody else's good idea. Very few ideas are brought up by your own. But they're uh, Kirk Ferencz's theory. Maybe he copied it. Who knows? The 24-hour rule, Big Dog, which you're well aware of. You can celebrate a big win and be joyful and be uh, ecstatic for 24 hours. You can be depressed and down after a loss. Once one day is over, once 24 hours is over, you reload, you start to get ready for the next team. I think it's a great theory, and apparently South Carolina did not apply that. Yeah, Lee Ely, a former manager of the Chicago Cubs, had that rule. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the, the only, he had that rule. The only problem was that, like, you know, the game would end at, you know, 4.30. Yeah. Okay, so the Cubs would party until the next 4.30. The problem was that the, the next game was at 1.20 the other day, so they could never put together more than two wins yeah. in a row. Yeah, it's a great theory, but not in the sport of baseball where you play oh, every no, day. No. <laughs> you got to have the the twenty five minute rule in baseball, is uh, what it is. which explains the very brief career of uh, of Alielia. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. You know, eighty five percent of the world got jobs. The other fifteen percent go out there, Wrigley <laughs> Field, the uh, greatest clients of all time. Goodness. By the way, we got to mention our obituary of the day. We haven't had Alielia. No, oh, okay. not Alielia. Uh, we haven't had many. It's been a, been a bad month, quite frankly. For famous people passing away, David, our obituary of the week, obituary of the day. It's kind of been a slow month, but the happy days, Father Tom Bosley did pass away. I know it was one of your favorite shows growing up, David. He died on Sunday. Where you been? Well, I mean, I can still bring it up. <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of old news now. Yeah, come on. Stiff as a board at this we, point. Well, one-hour show. we got lots of support. Do you want me to bring it up on Monday when we're recapping some you of the highlights of the football? famous foot- Cub fans. One of the most famous Cubs fans in Hollywood, yep. Tom Bosley. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And, Absolutely. and also the uncle of uh, of uh, Talk Zone host uh, Scott Bosley. It's his uncle. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's yeah. A line I, I don't know how you could. He mentioned it every single show. Illini, well, I don't listen to all the Illini Boz shows, but Illini Boz is uh, uncle. By the way, is the Illini show coming back to TalkZone.com? Taking the season off. Even in the wintertime. Uh, and right now, yes. Very disappointing. Yeah, it, 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 he decided to only do it during basketball season, and all of a sudden, this is the best Illinois football team in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they kind of missed the boat on that. They yeah. thought, yeah. thought it did, yeah. Oop, big dog. Maybe you and me need to uh, take over the take, pick up the drop baton, if you will. 
Nate Bussey talk all yeah. the time. You That's all me- it is. That's all we're going to talk about is Nate Bussey, Nate Bussey, Nate Bussey. There's Illini Nation all over this fine country, and, and there's some Illini fans in some other continents as well. We could reach out to our fellow brethren. How many other continents are there, Illini fans? You know, there's actually, Illinois is a pretty prestigious school. Coach. Absolutely. Don't kid it, yourself. It's one, it's one of the top, what, like 15 schools in the country, academic wise? Mm-hmm. Am I going too high by saying that? Or is it more I, like top 40? I got them ranked 17th right now, but you're close enough. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I knew it was a good school. I, like, But other people recently have been like, I've heard other people mm-hmm. just going off how great yeah. the University of Illinois is. So it makes me proud. You've heard of the BCS ratings. I have my JCS ratings, the John Cohn. Uh, Symptomatic ratings academically, Illinois ranks 17 right now. Surprising. A surprising first place, the uh, the Cardinal of Ball State. What about uh, University of Chicago and Northwestern? Uh, University of Chicago. But. University of Chicago is listed as teams, uh, honorable mention, special mention, teams to keep in mind. And what was the other school, Northwestern? Northwestern, yeah. 13th. Okay, yeah, there's some good schools here in the yeah. state of Illinois. University of Chicago has dropped out of the top 25, shockingly. Really? But they're still ranked in my academic team's schools worth watching. <laughs> it's good to know, Coach. Excellent. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, especially from someone who attended a very proud two years at Oakton Community College. Also known, by the way, as UCLA. I told you that one, right? No, I was the one who told you that one. Oh, you told me that. Yeah, that was one of the, I've used well, that. What, 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 Oakton, well, there's, where's the L city <laughs> by, by Oakton? Yeah. Because we call COD, College of DuPage, over here. We can... The western suburbs, it's UCLA, university closest to the Lombard area. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of typical for uh, junior colleges because uh-huh. Joliet Junior College out in my neck of the woods is the university closest to Larkin Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And, of course, Oakton, and I've used that line with some friends of mine. They got a kick out of it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to send my son to UCLA, university closest to Lake Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. That was you. The joke works on so many levels. Yes, it does. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. It does indeed. You were the one who told me that, Big Dom? Uh, yeah, I know I've used yeah. it on the other show for UC, uh, for, okay. uh, for COD. I okay. absolutely have. Well, thank so. you. I got I got some mileage out of that one. Oh, good. Very good. good. All right. Uh, back to rewind to the celebrity deaths, which is where this tangent started. Tom Bosley. Yeah, Tom silence. Bosley. Uh, and then, of course, we had Barbara Billingsley pass over the weekend as well. Barbara Billingsley. The that mother from uh, Leave it to Beaver. Oh, she was, there was something about her in that apron. Ah. <laughs> and, of course, the famous uh, jive-talking scene from Airplane. That was her, too. That was Barbara right. Billingsley. That's, a, that's what part of the reason why it was so funny, because it was June Cleaver doing it. Interesting. Uh, oh, excuse me one second. I, I know jive. I, I speak jive. <laughs> Do you know, I'm, well, I'm part prideful and part shamed. I have never, never in my life watched a full half-an-hour segment of Leave it to Beaver. There, you're not never missing watched. much. You're not missing much. You know, bits and pieces, but I've never actually watched the show. The, the, the only thing you're missing is Eddie Haskell. He was the whole show. That yeah. guy was phenomenal yeah, exactly. who played Eddie Haskell. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. All and right. Then, and then about, uh, we, we, got our, we got our hat trick today. Who did? Uh, Bob Guccione. Oh, yes, from Penthouse. Oh, no, no. Yep. No. I did see that in the paper, Bob Guccione. This is my one. We might need to take a break, uh, David Olson, because this. Does, does, does that mean my uh, 575 magazine collection of Penthouse just tripled in value? Doubled. Oh, doubled. Doubled, but hang on okay, to it. It's up to 27 bucks then, huh? Yeah, it'll be like a United States savings bond. They just just hang on to those copies because they will uh, 
Let's just say they'll gain interest as the years goes on, Big Dog, in more ways than one. <laughs> wow. Gooch. Now, how does Gooch, Bob Gucciani, Gooch for all those that know, how does he connect with Larry Flint? Larry Flint was hustler. Larry Flint is hustler coach. Ah, okay. There's a big difference. Uh, Bob, Bob Guccione was... lowered the bar, uh-huh. and then uh, Larry Flint just kind of <laughs> he buried it. Yeah, he buried it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a, a penthouse was a less tasteful version of Playboy. Yes. And hustler was basically it was almost like a a, a satire. I always thought of porno magazines. It was uh-huh. almost like it was almost like a joke. It was was a comedy porno magazine is basically what it was, I thought. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he wasn't serious about yeah. all the stuff that he had in there. No. Well, I, I hate to spring that onto you, Big Dog, because I know that's an emotional moment for you. Apparently not aware that Bob Gooch, Guccione from Penthouse had passed away. Do you want to take a break here to recuperate yourself, or are you okay to keep going? No, I think I can, I think okay. I can go on. All right. You know, it, it's funny because Hugh Hefner, <laughs> who... Uh, yeah. What, with like, with like a $2,000 loan from his mom, he created yeah. uh, Playboy magazine. He said that uh, Viagra has added at least 50 years to his life. Oh, yeah. So I guess maybe Bob Guccione has not discovered Viagra, or did not. No, he, they Viagra. actually say Bob Guccione was a little bit, uh, he was not Hugh Hefner-esque in his private life. Much more reserved, as I've done some research on Bob Guccione, strictly for radio purposes, big dog. But uh, not quite the same as a, a Hugh Hefner. Away from the show. Now, are those famous penthouse letters? I'm going to take a wild guess that somehow, somewhere along the way, that you penned one of those letters, and if so, what name did you use, just so we can reference it? Uh, well, seriously, I, well, I didn't really pen like a name on their particular coach. Uh, it, it, well, it was uh, Dinky Dombrowski. That was you? Yeah, that was me. Because Dinky Dombrowski he used to write a bunch of those letters. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I wrote a letter about a a Filipino nurse <laughs> and a blood transfusion Dinky, gone wrong. Dinky so. Dombrowski, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, Cinemax Cindy just emailed in and says she wants to say hi to Joel. So, st- you still have your biggest fan out there uh, emailing us, big dog. Yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, Cloudy ended all our uh, subscriptions to the to the like the HBOs and Skinemax. Yeah, I find I have a lot more time on my hands, Coach. It's true. True, cable TV can be uh, both uh, pleasurable but also uh, painful in the fact that it can suck up some of your time. So, so the only thing that, like, legitimately, like mm-hmm. right now, I'm like, I, like, I kind of want it back just so I can watch this season of Eastbound and Down. Oh man, so I that's have good. to find a listener out there that doesn't mind me coming over and eating half your uh, pantry. Yeah, please, uh, can I watch well, Eastbound and Down if you have them on uh, what do you call it on, on demand? I'll watch all six of them in one day. Uh, if you want to offer that to the big dog, you can do it. Mike Two Guys AOL dot com M I C and the number two. He's user friendly. He doesn't eat that much, and he'll just sit and be quiet watching the show. Mike Two no, Guys AOL dot com. If you can't find a listener, big dog, this host will be happy to invite you over for uh, all seven segments. It's been outstanding. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to do that. And you know, you're supposed to what uh, uh, under promise and over deliver. Coach, yes. let's, if you invite me over to your house, people, I, yeah. I'm going to eat everything in your house and yes. drink the whole liquor cabinet. Yeah. Well, if you're talking my house and a party, under-promise and over-deliver, those are two things we do on a consistent basis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, real quick, as we uh, wind up hour number two, you going to be able to stick around for a little bit of hour two, Big Dog, or are you going to uh, yeah, I, I won't be able to, Coach. I okay. actually have, uh, I have a blood transfusion today. <laughs> Serious? And, uh, 
Yes, I do. And uh, I, I actually am working for my boy Joe Hogan. Nice. And people, contact me at Joel Redwanski at Yahoo if you're a homeowner in Cook County. Because <laughs> if you're a homeowner in Cook County, you've probably overpaid your real estate taxes. Uh-huh. What we do is recoup your real estate taxes. Okay. And, uh, Coach, all I can tell you is I, I have made an awful lot of friends the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, legitimately, like, it's funny. It's like I contact these people, and then they, they hang up on me. And I'm like, hey, you sent the stuff into us. Do you know what I mean? You contacted us, so I'm just calling you back. Well, these people that we've actually helped, like the letters and the phone calls that I've gotten back, they're like, they're like, I don't have to worry about my real estate taxes for the next three years because we we make sure we get them ahead. I got some people like they've overpaid by like five grand over the mm-hmm. last uh, three years. I can. It's, it's, it's it's disgusting what the Cook County has done, but it's we're taxpayers advocate group. Yep. Joel Redwanski at Yahoo. Send me. Uh, your your name and your address, and then we can look you up to see if you've been basically bent over and fisted by Cook County and Todd Stroger <laughs> the last couple of years. But let's be honest. It's a freaking scam. It's unbelievable. They overcharge everybody, and then mm-hmm. what you have to do is you have to get a lawyer to go fight for the money that you've overpaid. They do it to everyone that owns a home. Oh, no, not everyone. If you're actually part of the political machine, then you underpay, but that's mm-hmm. another issue altogether. Before you got in the business, I have gone through a couple different companies, and you're right. Uh, they work. With very little pain, you will get a check back in the mail. Thank you very much. And, and I'm going to be honest with you people. We're going to keep one-third of it, but the only way you'll be able to reclaim your money is if you do it in a clash action suit, mm-hmm. and have and that's what we do. We put like 50 of them together. We go and we uh, we attack Cook County, and then they just put their tail between the legs, and they give us the money, and then we send you a check, and you get two-thirds of your money back. I'm sorry you can't be 100%, Beautiful. but that's what we do. All right. So. Give me the email one more time. People want to get a hold of you. Just uh, Joel Radwanski at yahoo.com. Beautiful. Big dog, get loose, get plenty of rest. Tomorrow, my friend, is a football Friday. I'm expecting you at your absolute best. Don't under-promise and over-deliver. Coach, I promise you I will not. Okay, have a good day, big dog. We'll be back hour number two of the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Stick around. We'll take a quick break, talk sports and more. When we come back, talkzone.com, Two Guys at a Mike.